This podcast episode is a re-upload, and therefore the audio may vary in audio quality. When I was a kid, the two things I loved most in life were Godzilla and NES games. So naturally, when Godzilla Monster of Monsters came out, it was like a dream come true. Well, almost. To sum it up, most of the game revolved around getting through very repetitive outer space levels while smashing up tanks and jets but then fighting against Godzilla's monster enemies. Overall, it was pretty mediocre. Back then, I didn't care. When I got the game as a present for my 10th birthday, I played it night and day as much as I could. Unfortunately, I had traded the game for Amagon a year later, much to the regret when I found out what the game actually was like. Recently, I had bought a new NES system, and through a lot of hunting and asking around, My friend Billy finally managed to find a copy of Godzilla, Monster of Monsters. I was pumped to play my favorite childhood game. It never even occurred to me to ask where Billy found it. He also gave me some other games like Legend of Zelda, Bomberman and some stupid thing called Action 52. But Godzilla had to come first. So I started the game and nostalgia came flooding back like a tidal wave. Godzilla's AP theme song floated proudly through the speakers and I was soon grinning like an idiot. Some people laugh at me for playing such an outdated game, but I've never had as much enjoyment from any other game than those on the NES. Those 8-bit games take me back to when things were more simple. More safe. But after what happened with this game, I don't have those feelings anymore. I've forgotten how quick the f- I've forgotten how quick the fun of smashing things as Godzilla wore off in the scrolling level. The game bombards you with bullets and things crashing into you from every direction, and you're too big to avoid most of them. Although my excitement had worn down some, it wasn't long at all before I got my first boss battle. My first opponent was Gizora, an obscure squid kaiju who had never been in a Godzilla movie. The most annoying thing about fighting Gisora is that he always backs you into a corner and starts smacking you with his tentacles. And you are unable to move until he gets off you. The move doesn't do any damage, but it can stall you until the timer runs out and you have to start the fight all over again. And he regains some health. It's as annoying as it sounds, and of course, he did it when I fought him. Only for some reason this caused the game to glitch up, because once he starts smacking me, he never stopped. The timer supposed to end the fight in about 40 seconds, but this lasted for nearly 5 minutes. After a while, the graphics started to mess up, with little red blocks all over the place. Which was weird, but I just took the game out of blue on it, and then started again. I wasn't about to let a little glitch stand in my way, so I started again and this time defeated Gizora and the levels other boss monster, Mogra, without any problems. So then it was on to the next planet, Mars. I browsed around the board and found something unexpected, where Varen's piece should have been. There was instead a piece representing Titanosaurus. There were only 10 Kaishus in the game, and Titanosaurus was not one of them. So I thought, perhaps Titanosaurus was originally intended to be in the game but was swapped out with Varen for some reason. 
So I began to feel excited. Not only was I playing my favorite game, but I was playing a prototype of some sort with a new monster. Needless to say, I ran through the levels as fast as I could to see Titanosaurus in action. Fought Gesora again and beat him before he could use his tentacle smack. This time the glitch started happening when he died. Gesora's sprite didn't sink to the bottom, but instead seemed to be devoured by the glitch, and his eyes started randomly spawning all over the screen. I know now that these glitches with Gesora were my first warning sign that something was very wrong with this game, but foolishly ignoring it and proceeded into fight Mogra, who this time had a glitch of his own. Mogra was twice the size that he should have been, which startled me. He was also considerably harder to beat than usual. But soon I had defeated him also. And when he died, yet another glitch happened. This happened extremely fast. So I was lucky to get a screen cap of it at all. But what happened was the giant Mogra sprite started to shatter and melt. Also, if you look at the cardboard text in the right corner of the screen, you'll notice what appears to be a bird in a cage. I still have no idea what that meant. At this point, I was about to fight Titanosaurus, and I was worried as to what kind of glitches would happen this time. But to my surprise, Titanosaurus looked just fine, although all of the game's bipedal monsters were the same height, Titanus was a bit taller. But since Titanosaurus actually was taller than Godzilla in the film debut, I thought there was, this was kind of cool. After a very fun fight with a monster that wasn't supposed to be in the game, I took over the enemy base, proceeded not to Jupiter like normal, but instead to Pathos. Pathos was the same as Jupiter in layout, except the board was dark blue rather than green. The first thing I noticed was that all the usual level icons had been replaced by a blue rock and some kind of orange honeycomb shape. There was an icon that had part of the jungle icon shape, but I didn't pay much thought to it. I checked the other side of the board to see the new monster. Instead of Hedera, it was Biolenti. But that couldn't have been right. Godzilla vs. Biolenti didn't come out until 1989, and this game was made in 1988. Perhaps Toho put Biolenti in the game to build excitement for the movie next year, but changed their minds? Uh... I tried to rationalize the game's abnormalities any way I could, but this would prove to be futile. Pathos map song was the first new song I've heard in the game. Like most of the new songs, it was hard to describe. I'll try. It started out slow and suspenseful, much slower than any song in the game. But every 12 seconds or so, there would be a loud crashing sound and the tempo changed. It was like the composer randomly played parts from five different songs with the same instruments. 
I moved Godzilla over to one of the many blue rock icons that had replaced jungle icons and started the level. The level resembled a blue mountain range with a blood red planet in the sky. But there was something odd about the mountains. They had a shredded paper look to them. I thought at first maybe the glitch had affected it, but it looked far too intentional. I quickly noticed something else about this new level. There were no enemies. At all. Not even any obstacles. I should also mention that this was where the point meter started to become glitched up beyond comprehension. But it didn't bother me much. I never kept up with game's points. So without having to focus on anything, I listened to the music while walking through the level on a post. The music had a sorrowful feel to it. It would have been rather pleasant had I heard it in a normal game. The level went on for three screens, but with no obstacles around, I finished it very quickly. I tried other games of the same type to see if any enemies would appear, but there were none. There was little else to be seen in the Blue Mountains, so I tried the other level type. I started out in the orange levels, and my eyes were assaulted with a grotesque background of tumorous orange eyes. The sky was the same as the ground, so I assumed the game was indicating this level took place in a cave. The only enemies here were Montago spawned, but as you can see, the little bastards were everywhere. The music certainly didn't help, with a mixture of screeching sound, a loud drumbeat that sounded like a monster theme in a horror film. After completing it, I tried to avoid playing through any more of these levels whenever I could. The map was short, so it was only a few minutes before I was headed towards a rematch with Gesora and Mokra. But this time, the sprite and attack pattern was vastly different. I fought Mokra first. Mokra's replacement was a flying machine with a slight resemblance to a Pascagola alien. It was a bit like fighting Mothra, only it moved with a lot more grace. It attacked by spinning its front tentacle like a corkscrew, and it still had an eye beam, except now it fired from the drill. The lanky aberration had replaced Gisora and the new beasts with more of a challenge. It would run and jump at a fast pace, constantly swinging its arms around, making it hard to get close, and, of course, it tried to pin me in the corner with as much annoying resolve as ever. I defeated it using a combination of tail whips and heaping spamming. I defeated them and was going to fight Titanosaurus, but when I started the fight, Titanosaurus was nowhere to be seen, and the game simply went back to the map, where Titanosaurus' piece was now missing. There was no one left to fight but Biolenti, so I eagerly started the battle. 
I was quite surprised that Biolanti started the fight in his in her rose form. She was immobile and used tentacles to keep me away from the main body, which took the most damage. As suspected, she turned into her final form after taking enough damage. The sprite looked pretty damn good for an 8-bit. The battle, the battle technique was the same, except now Biolanti could move. All beats slower than any of than any other monster. Being hit by the tentacles did more damage now, and Biolanti could do an acid spit, which I managed to avoid by jumping in a screen cap. Not much more difficult to beat than Titanosaurus. It only took two rounds, but when Biolanti was gone, the music had stopped, and there was a new icon. Replacing the base. The icon wasn't there before I beat Biolenti. It resembled a red tribal mask. I had a feeling of dread when I saw it. But since it replaced the base, it must be the only way to exit Pathos. I moved Godzilla to the square and started the level. It was a hellish-looking place with no sky, and a flickering fire in the background. The fire looked more advanced than anything I've ever seen on an NES. The music, in the form of a slow, steady drum sound resembling a heartbeat. All the text on the top of the screen and the live bar were gone. In their place was a simple bit of text in the middle of the screen that said, "Run." My feeling of dread had intensified. I cautiously walked through the level, but like the Blue Mountains, there were no enemies. I paced around for a minute before thinking, "Run? From what?" The first time it hit me, I didn't even see it. I heard a noise outside my room, and turned back to see if something fell. And when I looked back, Godzilla was dying. I figured it must have just been a glitch, but I wasn't going to play through the game without Godzilla, so I restarted the game and went to the password screen. Have I ever mentioned how creepy the password screen music is? If you played the game, you know what I mean. It doesn't at all fit the mood of the game. It's more like something from a horror game. Maybe they made it like that so kids wouldn't cheat. I was quite annoyed at this point, because I thought I was going to have to fight all the monsters again. But that didn't happen. The game started me off right where I was before I started the red face level. So I tried again, making sure to pay attention this time. That's when I heard a low bellowing sound, and then I saw it. This thing. Do you know the feeling your body has when you feel like you're in extreme danger? You start to recoil and tense up as the adrenaline flows through your veins, and your nerves start to feel very cold. That's the feeling I had when I took this screen cap. I haven't seen all the Godzilla movies, but I'm pretty damn sure this has never been in one of them. 
had to be something the creators made up. What kind of sick fuck would put this in a children's game? By sheer dumb luck, or perhaps the adrenaline's boost, I managed to run fast enough to get away from it. It ran very fast, so much so that if you saw it, you were almost certainly going to die. And when I say die, I mean your monsters get killed instantly if the creature touches them. Once I have gone back to the map, I was so afraid that I was extremely tempted to just shut the game off and try pretend this never happened. I couldn't believe what I just had seen. It couldn't have been real. And if I wanted to continue, I still had to get Martha through the chase level. But as I stayed inactive on the map screen for a few minutes, my fear was replaced by a burning curiosity. What the hell had just happened? What was the rest of the game like? I only had to beat this level with Martha, and then it was on to the next world. But when I moved Martha to the red face, the game registered it as me beating the level. I was quite relieved. I tried to prepare myself for the next world. Trance. You are welcome for this episode of Storytime. As you can hear, I'm using a text-to-speech robot as the voice for the after credits this time. The reason for this, is that I had to record this message very quickly. What I have to say, is that my summer break is over, and I'm going to an independent boarding school. My workdays are filled with stuff I have to do daily, so this might result in months between new episodes. I'm sorry if I let anyone down, and it does upset me as well because as I have mentioned earlier, I love doing and making this show. But I guess you can't do everything at once. Thanks to everyone who still listens to the show. And I promise, that when I get back again, I will still work as hard as ever on the show. I truly appreciate every last one of you. Sincerely. Rasmus Enemark